Or a brain swarm. <laughs> I'm brain swarm. Welcome to Art Gab. I'm Ashley. I'm Kendra, and today we have Tammy Jo Wilson with us. Tammy Jo Wilson is a visual artist working in painting and photography from her studio in Oregon City, Oregon. She earned her MFA in art photography at the San Jose State uh, University in California and BFA in photography from the Pacific Northwest College of Art. In 2017, she was the recipient of the Leland Ironworks Golden Spot Artist in Residence, supported by Ford Family Foundation. Ever active in the Portland arts community, Wilson has volunteered with RAC Regional Arts and Culture Council and Oregon Women's Caucus for Art. She is also the co-founder and president of Art in Oregon, a nonprofit with the goal of building and sustaining art patronage through pride in Oregon artists and pride in art ownership. Her work has been exhibited all over the country, including at the 9-5 Gallery in New York and the San Jose Museum of Art in San Jose, California. Her exhibition, Biological Dissonance, with Amanda Triplett, is currently on view at the Shehalem Cultural Center in Newburgh, Oregon. Tammy Jo Wilson, welcome to Art Gab. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, how was your guys' weekend? Pretty mellow, pretty mellow. I would say an average weekend, average weekend. I did my my run. I do a, a long run every weekend, which I look forward to just spending time mm-hmm. outside. And I always take a moment to notice something interesting or beautiful while I'm out there because it's kind of like my meditative practice. And yesterday I got to see three nutria. I think they're called nutria. They're like half beaver, half possum. Mm-hmm. That was like my my moment, my takeaway from my outside time yesterday. They were just chilling in the nice. grass eating. It was very beautiful. And oh. I got way too hot. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, not that you got hot, but that's awesome yeah. to see wildlife. It's no, so I love cool. getting hot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got way too hot this weekend. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, where'd you run, by the way? Uh, well, I live in Oregon City, so I always start from my house and then just go out. I'll usually go along the Willamette River. There's some, you know, trolley trails and everything along there and wetlands. It's really beautiful. Awesome. Nice. That sounds nice. Yeah. I like running for that. I feel like you always see something new. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. I went to the art fair in Salem. <gasps> awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that was happening this weekend. I'm sad that I'm missing it. Yeah, it's oh. going on today, so you can still make it, but I mean, it's the 70th year mm-hmm. and it's also the 100th year anniversary of the Salem Art Association. Wow, wow very cool. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I just ventured down to Salem to experience their art just recently having not really gone to Salem to view for art pra- art viewing, mm-hmm. which I don't really know why because it's not that far away and I did see that their festival is coming up. So I'm sad that I'm missing it, but next year Next year, I'm excited to go to the Seattle Art Fair, which uh-huh. I've never been to. So that's coming up August 1st through the oh, 4th. Okay. That'd be so fun if you miss the Salem Fair, you can go go yeah. experience that one. Totally. So how was the Salem Art Fair? It was good. Um, I mean, most of the artists are a lot of Portland, Salem, and yeah. California. So like pretty close by artists. But yeah. it, was, it was fun. There was glass, ceramics metal just a little bit of everything yeah so. i've never been to seattle art fair but i i assume that it's less it's more art and less fair and then the salem <laughs> art fair is yeah more, it feels more like fair it's outside there's like yeah it's painting. a yeah it's a different kind of it's more like the arts and crafts artisans mm-hmm. and artists as well i have to call artists and artisans you know mm-hmm. the functional 
art that is equally as beautiful and yeah. significant and yeah. important. Um, but yeah, no, the Seattle Art Fair is like the, all the art galleries. Yeah. You know? So that'll be a whole different type of experience, but hopefully it'll be good inspiration. And the Salem Art Fair has music and food. Yeah. And I remember in high yeah. school, I, I painted faces. Do you remember doing that? Yeah, we yeah, both, so before fun. we could get jobs, like I painted <laughs> faces, I helped with the kids parade. It was just fun experience for college, or high school age to get work experience. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, so that's awesome. You guys yeah. had a great weekend. Ours was a little slower. We just hung out in the backyard. <laughs> that's not <laughs> bad. Picked blueberries, and I went to Porque No last week with Oliver. That was pretty fun. Good place. He it's loves coming up. I think I need to try really? that place. You yeah. got to try it. The horchata there is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful. Nice. Um, and then Christopher and I are working on an installation for September out at Pacific University. So. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. What, is, what is the installation? What's what's the nature of this installation? Um, well, basically kind of taking... Edie keeps hitting her head on the table. Um, basically making um, a painting into an inst- a three-dimensional space. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and Christopher's handling... He's doing some lights and sound, and I'm doing the kind of the murals. And then we're yeah. working with a... Um, a scientist, a, co- a cosmologist, not a not a uh, not, yeah. not a cosmetics, <laughs> <laughs> not cosmetology, not cosmetology. Like, and then we're getting our hair and makeup done. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do this art installation. Yeah. So it's one of your paintings. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. one that that I would know? Or are you saving this painting specifically and like <laughs> unveiling it? Into we are this experience? still experimenting. Yeah. It's actually kind of nerve wracking because yeah. we've never done it, but. Um, it's going to be super cool. Yeah. The most important thing is that it's super cool. That's yeah. the most, most important thing. And It sounds super fun. I'm jealous. I would love to try that someday with one of my paintings to like turn it into like a space that you can enter. Like, that yeah. sounds... Right? <laughs> I mean, we actually went to Enchanted Forest last weekend, and it's I'm realizing that a lot of my aesthetic is inspired by that, the weird... The lighting, the animatronics, the slightly creepy. Mm-hmm. Like you might have to be on mushrooms or something. <laughs> basically, basically. So all the college kids yeah. can take mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of cool art, do you want to tell us about your your practice yeah. and your art and what sure. you do? Absolutely. So um, I, I'm going to describe how I'm working right now because my work has evolved uh, over the years. I might go into a little bit of that evolution, but I'll start with where I am right now and maybe work my way backwards. So uh, currently I'm really into uh, encaustic painting, which for your listeners, encaustic is a combination of hot wax, usually beeswax mixed with a tree resin, and then you mix that with a powdered pigment, uh, and then you heat it up and you paint with that material. Um, And do that on a solid, like wood surface, because it's wax, you know, needs a solid surface. Uh, And so then I also, will incorporate uh, ceramic elements into that. So I'll have a, a panel, I'll mount uh, a dimensional ceramic piece uh, so the, the encaustic painting comes out of the surface. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like to do is carve into the wax itself and then you can fill. Uh, so it's, it's a really unique painting material. Mm-hmm. And then drawing, you can do uh, oil pastels on top of the wax. They're very compatible materials that like each other. And the wax is this really transparent quality to it because it's wax that's really dense and you build up these layers that are translucent and you can see through underneath things float in it 
Uh, I've done pieces where I've incorporated, I did one where I incorporated cocoa powder mm -hmm. into the wax. I was thinking, well, if I'm using these powdered pigments, what other things can I put in this wax mm -hmm. <laughs> to, right. make, to make it more interesting, something that's more relevant to my concept, um, not just the powdered pigment. So I did one with cocoa powder. I've done some with makeup because I was like, oh, well, that's a cool powdered thing. Maybe not mm -hmm. very archival because that's mm -hmm. not what it's meant for. Uh, but whatever, I'm not thinking about that. I'm making the work. But if I embed it in the wax, I'm hoping, you know, it seems to be doing well, archivally speaking. So using that makeup uh, also to further my concept. Um, I got most of my visual inspiration. My aesthetic is very much from the body. So I, I pull from body colors. So mm -hmm. think of varying flesh tones. And when I say varying, obviously, because everybody's got so many different colors within our body. Mm -hmm. Everything from browns to pinks to reds to yellows to blues. But that really kind of visceral body fleshy colors. Mm -hmm. um, and then as a dark skin person myself, I try to really pull in that color palette as well. Um, and so then I also reference the body in the shapes themselves. So it's not mechanical. It's not hard edged. Uh, it has a very round, very organic, very kind of visceralness to it of referencing hair and bones and skin. Um, but those references can sometimes go into like the natural world, so like the veins in the hair might also bridge into branches mm. or trees or roots. Mm -hmm. And so there's that overlap, that aesthetic overlap of connecting kind of the human experience with the natural world experience mm. as okay. well and how those things in nature uh, can kind of mimic each other right. in like our world. Right, growth and decay. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, a lot of reference to um, disease mm -hmm. and some of the things that happen with our body that is just kind of natural but it's not necessarily very enjoyable for us that have to go through it. And how as our body ages and changes and things happen to it, our bodies are altered in ways that we can't control right. and we have to deal with in one way or another. <laughs> and it can be very frustrating. And yeah, so there, there's a lot of references of that. So that was in the encaustic specifically. I also work with um, uh, ink on paper and watercolor on paper. And I started working that way after my experience with uh, this arts performance that a theater person invited me to. She is a theater performer and a dancer, and she was doing uh, a performance as part of the SALT collaborative performance that happened last year here in Portland. And she asked me to draw and make art while she was doing a spoken word piece and a dancer was dancing in response to that spoken word piece. So I was responding, making visual art to the dancer and to the spoken word happening. And the dancer was literally up in my face and I had to make work within 15 minutes while people were watching me. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I've never worked this way. I have no idea like how to do this. So I kind of practice a little bit. It's like, how do I make work in 15 minutes? That's interesting and meaningful, but that really has become an important part of my work now. And so I've been doing a lot of more drawing and gum paper and I've brought the figure back into my work in this last year since that has happened, which is new for me. Um, but I think it was really that experience of uh, the salt had to do with the Me Too movement and um, the female body in that type of things and telling our stories about that. And so hearing those stories, having the dancer right in front of me while I was making the work and having that inspiration of the body movement has really um, given me a new direction. Mm -hmm. So now I express that through fa faster 
drawings that I do of figures, which has been really rewarding for me too, because I don't know about you, but I have a super busy life. And so I found I could do drawings in my car. Mm -hmm. I could do drawings in a 15-minute lunch break. I could do drawings sitting in the coffee shop waiting for something to happen. Mm -hmm. And so having that addition to my art practice has been super helpful. Yeah. Super, super helpful. Totally. Um, and it, refer it brings that solid reference back to the body. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. My foundation, like you said in my, my bio, is photography. That's where I started. Uh, but even when I was doing photography, I was building sets, not necessarily capturing moments. I was building my own moments. So it was mm -hmm. almost like I was making a, pa a painting and then photographing it. Mm. So it was just kind of always kind of how I worked, mm -hmm. usually related to the body or human experience with our larger culture in mm -hmm. some way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like, too, like the wax thing. Like I would, to experiment that way, I've never... I didn't know wax was a medium that people use to like paint with and stuff. So that's yeah. really cool. It's it, the oldest kind of paint. It is. Nice. It's a super old process. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Like I've probably seen it, but it's yeah. neat to hear the process and the pigments and the trying cocoa and all if that you, stuff. Yeah. Oh, I know the cocoa. And if, yeah. if you look it up online, they have these, um, if you look it up online, they have um, like Egyptian death masks. Apparent Egyptian? No, Greek. Oh, I don't know. Ooh. Well, Christopher will look it up and make me sound smart. But <laughs> but basically, you painted your own mask, and then they put it on your, yeah. your grave. Yeah. It's really cool, right? Huh. Yeah, a lot of old portraiture you can see done um, in encaustic. It does a really, really nice reference to, to the flesh and to skin, because skin has all these layers of transparency, um, and all the colors within the layers, you know, are, are, are pink that's underneath, you know, more the yellow, and then the blood flowing through underneath. And you can really create that with the <laughs> encaustic. You can start with those base layers with the veins and the blue, and you can add the pink. And then you add the skin layer on top. Um, and you've probably seen encaustic paintings and didn't know yeah. it. So next time you're out looking at art and you see this painting and you're like, there's this crazy like luminous depth that I, it's not an oil painting. What is this? Yeah, that's really cool. You know, if it yeah. looks thick and transparent, it's probably an encaustic painting. And if it's kind of lumpy and textural. I'm going to like notice it everywhere now. <laughs> yes, you will. You're going to see it all the time. Yes. Well, and then there's like cold wax medium that you see people use in paintings. It's like kind of a just a material that you can mix with your oil paint. Yeah, yeah. So it's like bees. It's like beeswax. It's a refined beeswax. And then you can mix it with oil paint or use it as a process on top of oil paint. You can also use it with encaustic. But I love cold wax. I'm looking forward to playing with it more, but I haven't used it much, but it's very cool. Yeah. And I like what you said about the material, adding in like makeup and cocoa and, and even just the, even the ceramics will probably, yeah. these will probably all fall apart, but that seems important, like the ephemeral quality, yeah. right? Because you're yeah. talking about the body and yeah. it's worse. Yeah. It kind of goes along with that whole yeah. background story. Yeah. Why do you do what you do and what are your professional goals? Why do I do it? Well, I do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> why do I make art? I don't know. I make art because I have to, because it's just, you know, I have these things inside of me. I, I think of art as a language um, and I need to express myself. I have things to say that can't be said in words or, you know, that's not how I choose to communicate. I am not a writer. I'm not a poet. <laughs> So I, I do it with my art. Uh, I feel like I'm one of those artists that has been doing it since I was able to ask my parents for the art supplies to do it. <laughs> um, 
so I, yeah, I make art because I have to express myself and, and get that out. Um, I feel like when people ask me what, uh, why did I choose to be an artist, I, I, I can't help but think, well, it, I didn't choose. Yeah. It kind of chose yeah. me. And yeah. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. I feel like you can choose not to be an artist because some people force themselves to like push down that part of them or they feel like their family or their life or society or culture doesn't allow them to do that, which I think is very sad. Mm -hmm. But I, I think artists in general that do make work aren't doing it because they're choosing. They're choosing, doing it because it's their calling. It's what they need to do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, kind of jumping around, that kind of leads to this other question I had was, um, what role do you think the artist has in society? Like, what, why... You know, why is it important that the world has artists? I think it's important to have art because art can say things in ways that nothing else can. Mm -hmm. And it is a way to express things without words that words just don't do enough. Mm -hmm. And to reach down and express the human experience in a way that nothing else can. And I think some of the more important examples of that, when we look at... Um, times of oppression, political art, things like that, when humans are, you know, oppressing or repressing or just being, when, when things need to be said, when change needs to happen, when there needs to be acknowledgement of the wrong directions that people have gone. I think art can do a really good, can be a really good tool for that. Um, I think art can also express things that we need to say just in general of our shared human experience that need to be out there and talked about and shared and recognize that we are all kind of going through similar things together. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think there's any other... I think it's critical for people to communicate in that visual way. Yeah. And I think it's always been, if we even go back to the cave paintings, I think they were doing drawings to communicate things that they had no words or no other way of expressing. So they made a visual of like, this is what I'm experiencing. Are you experiencing this too? Oh my yeah. gosh, look at what we're going, you know, like. Yeah. And it's, it's a, like universal. I mean, because we don't all speak the same language, but like art, absolutely. everyone can tap yeah. into. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. totally reminds me of something I've been thinking about lately. Um, this is just a little soapbox uh, side note here. But in all my classes, I feel like I'm required to have my students write about mm -hmm. their artwork mm -hmm. and to talk about their artwork. Mm -hmm. But when was the last time a philosophy class required a student to, to draw, it, to accompany one of their papers with a drawing, right? Or, yeah. or yeah. a business class accompany a lecture with a drawing. Like, we need to incorporate art. <laughs> it's just another form of communication. Totally. And I think that that's, I think art would probably have a more respect if, if it was treated that way, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's my side. That's my side note. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to say, as a PNCA alumni, yay PNCA, <laughs> um, I took one of my science requirement classes there. It was a physics class, and they did actually make us make art. But that was an art school right. trying to teach physics. So they're like, well, how do we do that? Okay, we'll make them make art about physics because that's their jam. They're mm -hmm. going to know how to do that. Writing a long physics paper, yeah, that'll be a little harder. Yeah. But I, I do remember making an art physics homework, yeah. <laughs> homework project, which was super fun. I, I, yeah. Could you imagine, though, like if, if other, like PSU yeah. had yeah. had an art, a, compo a visual communications component in all their classes? Yeah. Like that would all right, be. All right, professors amazing. out there in the world, teachers, educators. Listen up. This is for you. 
Take a note right now. Right. Consider it. Dude, you the, know, Einstein was a big doodler, right? Oh, yes. Do, mm-hmm. Like writing, not <laughs> drawing, I mean, doodling. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Totally. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back, so, back to the interview. I mean, this kind of ties in, like, all of your senses being used, but what what do you listen to in the studio, if anything? Yeah. No, I, I have music. Um, I have a, an art, I call it, it's my art flow on Spotify, my playlist, um, which I was listening to recently, and it's very erratic as far as, like, type of music and style of music, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that recently. It's like, why is this so kind of all over the place and I think it's because it keeps my brain guessing it's like oh it goes from this you know hip-hop song to like a jazz song to like this like smooth sound based piece Mm -hmm. but every time it makes a shift it kind of wakes me up I'm like oh that's fascinating and then I go into this you know instead of just staying at one level of listening to the smooth jazz the whole time you know yeah like I need to like be pulled up and over and sideways and woken up over and over again um, but I also really, when I'm not listening to music, I love watching the, um, how, how do I describe, you know, like someone's getting their house redone and they're like, oh, we have to get this done. We're going to be up to midnight fixing this thing. And they're trying to do this amazing remodel and looking at the colors and we have all this work to do and I'm going to build my house and it's fabulous, you know, and on the deadline and they're going to come home next week. And for some reason, I really enjoy like their creative process and the urgency of their work mm-hmm. and hearing their talk about making while I'm doing it. Like it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So you listen to home remodel kind of show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On. Or like the home redecorating or the home remodel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like those though. They're satisfying. They are. Cause you could peek at them every once in a while when you're doing something yeah. else. Yeah. Or at least just stop for the final reveal. Right. And like you hear them the whole time doing their thing, doing their thing. And then they're so excited at the end. They did all that work and it looked so amazing. <laughs> the green tiles really did look yes. good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> that flood in the basement worked out. It always works out. <laughs> right. Totally. And I, I need that that positive. It's all going to work out and be amazing in the end mm-hmm. kind of perspective. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> this interview is all over the place. Um, okay. So we've talked about your art a little bit. Yes. And we kind of have a sense for your yes. daily practice in your studio, mm-hmm. listening to your... Although I don't do it every day. I'm like an off and on person. I'm like uh-huh. an all or nothing like, I'm in my studio, like, 10 hours. And then, like, I might go for two weeks with, like, nothing. Just life. Okay. That's you know? kind and of my I'll, rhythm, yeah. too. Is, like, you also are busy in the art world in other ways. So you're, like, yeah, at, art Lewis Oregon, Clark, at, my, at Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then can you, do you want to talk about Art in Oregon a little bit? Uh, I would love to. So Art in Oregon is uh, my husband, Owen Premore. We started the uh, nonprofit together. It's been about two years now. I love that we... Uh, Art in Oregon was born, at least in our minds and in our, our process in the future, at Bob's Red Mill in Milwaukee. Yay, oh, Bob. Cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love Bob. He is the best. You can go see him play piano at Bob's Red Mill restaurant. He really? Is, yeah. He <laughs> loves, awesome. he's got this big grand piano on the top floor. It's usually like on the weekends. He'll go up mm-hmm. there and just kind of play his songs Sweet. with his little red vest on. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Anyway, so we went to Bob's because they got, you know, unlimited coffee and a really good hearty breakfast and we just sat there at the big table um i've been wanting thought, to go there yeah <laughs> yeah it's a great especially if you got like something you want to do or have a meeting and you can just bring your notebook or your laptop big roomy tables lots of coffee 
free oyster crackers you can just eat forever. Nice. <laughs> All of them would really like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so um, after some, you know, happenings in our life, we decided to think about, well, what's the next stage of our life going to be? Um, life happened in such a way that um, we, we really wanted to start thinking about our legacy and our contribution going forward. Mm-hmm. And Art in Oregon was really born from that, thinking about what are we going to contribute um, during our lifetime and where do we want to be in, you know, 5, 10, 20, 15 years from now. Um, and we... As residents of Oregon City, we saw a lot of change happening. There's the the big waterfall. If you guys haven't seen it, there's a giant waterfall in Oregon City, Willamette Falls. Really, really big. A second only to Niagara Falls in this part of the world. Um, and that property was just bought. There's all kinds of remodeling happening. 25 acres, our downtown is about to blow up. It's wow. doing great things right now. And so we were seeing our neighborhood and our home and our city growing. And we were And one of the galleries near our house, the only gallery in Oregon City, closed. And so we were like, how is art in my community going to continue going forward? And who's going to speak up to make sure art is included in my community? And so Art in Oregon was really born from our desire to make sure that art was part of the conversation in our community and supporting our community and the artists that live there. Um, And then that expanded to, well, why just here in our neighborhood? Why not the whole state? Because we see this whole in Oregon, there's all of our cultural coalitions. There's RAC. We love RAC. And there's a mm-hmm. RAC for every county in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all government funded. And they're very specific to their area. And they focus on their little region. Um, and then there's the, the giantness that is the Portland metropolitan art scene, you know, mm-hmm. um, that is very self-focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Art in Oregon is born on the idea of connecting the Oregon art scene as a whole and with all the other communities around it, all, other than just Portland, because there's so much art happening, like you said, with the Salem Art Festival, so many great artists down there. There's great artists in Bend. Mm-hmm. And so our idea um, was to think about art communities all around the state of Oregon and connecting them together and creating one big Oregon art culture, not just a Portland, Oregon yeah, that's art great. culture. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, why not tie us all together, yeah. work together? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And a lot of things have been closing lately. It's it really has. Yeah. I mean, but even with the art schools, Merrill Hurst and the, the amazing art that happened there and the Art Institute mm-hmm. closing and Oregon College of Arts and Crafts closing. Mm-hmm. Before know, I, that, the museum, of, right. the, the craft museum. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. The craft museum. Oh, and U of O's white box. Is too yeah. long. Oh, I just New read Space Center for Photography. Yeah. They rest in peace. Oh, gosh. I just the read the art. too long. Have you read the article um, arranging the deck chairs? It's a, mm, it was in mm, mm. Oregon Arts Watch. It was by Josephine Zarkovich. It, yeah. It kind of... I'll look for it. It's depressing, but it was a really a kind of a call to action. It's like, right. what can we do to yeah. support um, artists? Because we're growing, and we need to figure yeah. out what we're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it sounds like very much like what your guys' goal is. Yeah, our goal is to get to know the art scene in Oregon overall. Mm-hmm. And so that we can see these things happening across the state in different locations. Like right now in Walport, Oregon, tiny little town on the coast, a uh, beautiful little town. And they have a, a blossoming art scene there. They have uh, the Walport Artist Group and hopefully a future art center that they're working on there. Um, but they, they 
could use support of not just their little town community, but this communities around them, community in the county, community in the state. Mm-hmm. And so if nobody notices, you know, who, who's going to say that what they're working for in their new art center might not exist if they don't have the help and the support from their community. Mm-hmm. So somebody needs to take notice and, and connect and create these um these networks for people to thrive on so that we don't have so many losses going forward, so that we have bursts of new art centers and new art programs instead of less art programs and less art centers. Yeah. Very cool. So, like, okay, why should artists be art collectors? Yeah, and, like, what else can we do to kind of help the art world, right? Yes. So this is one I'm super passionate about. All right, artists out there, listen up. Artists need to buy art mm-hmm. it, it it's crazy to me that there isn't more artists out there that don't own art and i'm not talking about trading with your friends you know i'm not talking about oh i my i went to my friend's house and they gave me this painting that they don't want anymore no i mean go to an art show an art fair an art festival a gallery whatever and buy a piece of art full price right and pay for it and take it home and add it to your collection and i say this because Not supporting our own community is just, I can't even wrap my eye around it. It's like you can't complain if you're not, like, helping. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's like you can't complain because you didn't buy any art, so be quiet. (laughs) It's like why should you expect people to buy your art if you're not willing to buy anyone else's? And for me, I know the biggest excuse that I hear from people is I can't afford it. (laughs) And that, I'm here to tell you, is so not true. We have so much art in my house. I lost track at around 30 or 40 pieces. And I have, I sh- some friends came over and I did the little, sh- my little speech on, you guys need to buy more art. And I show them, you know, my tiny pe- pieces I have. I have a painting. It's maybe three inches by three inches square. I actually have two of them. And they're on these <laughs> tiny little easels sitting on my Aww. mantle. <laughs> and I believe I paid maybe $5 for those tiny little paintings. Um, but the artist worked hard and he made those in there. They're super hyper-realistic. There's one of like this perfect little broken eggshell and there's one of this perfect little um, like river rock. And so I have them next together with the, with the relationship of the rock and the egg and the similarities and the organic form and the precision with the mm-hmm. artist painting them. They're really beautiful. But $5. That's right. crazy. Yeah. $5. Like, I, I feel like most people could afford five dollars even once a year like that is yeah well you buy people buy coffee every day that's more expensive totally (laughs) buy a pair of jeans like i don't even want to know how much people are paying for their jeans these days you know do an artist a solid and buy it a piece of their work because part of it is the money Mm -hmm. but part of it is giving the artist the confidence that somebody appreciated their work enough to give them a little bit of their hard-earned money and take it home into their personal space and live with it and enjoy it and appreciate their work. So having that gratification of my work is meaningful and important and people like it and mm-hmm. value it. And, you you know, mentioned, and that's what you get from an art sale. Totally. And you mentioned mm-hmm. legacy earlier. Kind, yes. You're kind of helping them build their own legacy. Yeah. I have friends that buy anniversary, like buy artwork for each other for every anniversary. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah. So it's not just like buying one piece of artwork and then calling it good, but making it a habit. Yeah. And and what a wonderful gift to give someone, right? Well, and I hear, yeah, that's it. I mean, I hear the argument of like, well, I don't have space in my house. Well, store it away and swap things out. Or totally. like get little pieces of yeah. art, like like yeah. tiny pieces. Yeah, <laughs> there's no excuse, people. <laughs> yeah, get rid of some windows right? and just make more wall space. Totally. Exactly. Period. Totally. <laughs> Big Five Hundred, great place to buy art. If you guys don't know, the mm-hmm. Chris Haberman event happens yearly, and I believe it'll be back this Christmas. I look forward to it. 
Nice. A lot of people in my life get a $40 square of art. Very cool. That's the, the Pioneer Square, Yeah, right? the Pi- yeah Pioneer Mall. Place on the top floor. I don't know if it'll be there in the future. It's also been at the Ford building. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where it is next year. I know they, they have to you know find a good place mm-hmm. for all of that to happen. It is such a huge and amazing event, all of those artists. Also, galleries take payment plans. So if you go into a gallery oh, yeah. and fall in love mm-hmm. with something, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. talk to the owner, because talk to the gallerist, because... They want to, they want to sell yeah. you art, there's and they ways. will find a way. Yeah. Yeah. But I know my husband and I. We usually pick. There's the different events that happen throughout the year where we like to buy art. One is the big 500. We mm-hmm. always go and get our go with our debit card, get the cash out, so we don't mm-hmm. have to wait in the credit card line. Get two two twenty dollar bills, and we can come home with a piece of art. Uh, and then there's the Portland Fine Art Print Fair. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have heard of this one. Very, it, it seems very high end because it's at the Portland Art Museum and they do have a lot of really nice high end expensive mm-hmm. prints, but they also have artwork that is accessible to, you know, I, I'm a regular art wage person. I'm not, I, I'm not wealthy and by any means, mm-hmm. but I've bought and worked there. I think the last three years I've come home with a print for $300 or less. And I know there's definitely ones for under 300 It's just a matter of what I like. Yeah. The first Thursday, like in the summer, don't they still have those tables? Oh, yeah, tables? first Thursday, yes. The All the booths, stuff? very yeah. cool. Yes, and you can see and meet the artists firsthand mm-hmm. and have a relationship with them. It's very cool. That's fun. Yeah, lots of things to go out and do, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go buy some art now. What is your dream project? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm already doing my... Art in Oregon is my dream project, I feel like. For me, the challenge is just going to be to continue to do it without letting it get overwhelming. I think sometimes it can be overwhelming to think about the entire state of Oregon and getting to know all of these people and building all these networks and communities and bridges and all of that and building the organization. But I just got to think about it one day, one week, one month at a time. Um, And it's going to be amazing process. And I, I really love to think about every now and then in 20 years, all the people in the art community that I'll have met and connected with and will know and share and, and connect together. It's going to be quite a thing, quite a thing. As far as my own art, I would say I don't really know if I have an ideal project. I don't really think of my art in like project base. I think of it as moving forward in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, one painting slash drawing at a time. I feel like I'm heading in a really good direction. I'm looking forward to purging my studio of the stuff I used to work on in the past that I don't want to work that way anymore. So never-ending quest for the perfect studio space. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Always changing is a good, you know. Yeah. Not sticking to one. Yeah, because, like, project is not a good word for anything that when you're creative because it's like you want to keep moving you don't want to just have a set in stone thing you're always changing and evolving yeah like I recently decided that I I don't want to waste my time working in mediums and materials I don't enjoy working in so like I love fabric I love the feeling of it I love everything about it but sewing not really that much fun for me I can mend a shirt or something, and that's cool. Make a little cover for my stool. But when it comes to art making, I don't really enjoy the quantity of sewing required for my art. So my fabric's going to get packed up and put away for a while and see what happens because I found I, if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to include that in my process. and I'll make room in my studio for something that really, really feels good to do. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, Ashley? 
Yeah. I want to hear from you guys. <laughs> what's your what's your superhero power this week that you want? Just for this week. Doesn't even have to be for life. Just this in the next seven days, what do you need to be able to do really well? Just probably I want I want to go back to this encaustic painting business. You, you should do encaustic painting. Yeah. I don't know if that'd be my superpower, but just like the ability to do amazing things with it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm not making a lot of sense this morning, but. Uh, I need more coffee. That's an excuse. I never make sense. So. What about you, Kendra? What's your, what would you, yeah. if you had a superpower this week? Just this week. By the way, encaustic on a 90 degree day sounds like horrible. I know it sounds bad. But because you're working you with know, a hot plate, not to get too, yeah, no. no. Oh, I love the torch though. Working yeah. with a torch, how fun is that? I mean, I got hair, so I got to be careful with my long hair. But <laughs> working with fire <laughs> and art and like molten stuff can't yeah. be in it. What gets better than that? Yeah. If you light your hair on fire, call Ashley because she, she's amazing <laughs> at cutting hair. She'll fix it right up. We'll we'll get creative with it. We'll, we'll get with. Burn your hair, we'll just go with it. <laughs> for, for the sciencey folks, it doesn't melt until about 100 or 220 degrees. So there's that. For the, just the science of it. But is that yeah. hair that doesn't melt? Too? No, the wax. I thought you were oh. talking about your hair too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll tell my clients that. Yeah. It's, it's probably no. similar for my hair, but I don't really want to test that theory. Yeah, no. no I like I like my hair. Yeah. But no, the wax, you have to be real it has to be really hot. So we use like a pancake griddle. That's the official encaustic material tool mm-hmm. that if you do the research, it'll say use a pancake griddle. Like that's our, our tool. Nice. And then you put all of your little metal cups with all the wax like on the pancake griddle as your palette with all the different colors in them and you kind of kind of mix within the cups and then you got like 10 seconds between the cup and the <laughs> to get the the hot <laughs> wax onto the thing before it goes back to being a solid material anyway pretty amazing stuff. yeah i just think of too like the process like you probably have to work faster you probably have to go with it if something doesn't go your way, you know? No, that's yeah. not true, because you can just no? scrape it right off again. Oh. You can just cut it out. Yeah, scrape oh. it off, heat it up, melt it down. So it's not final. You can just, like, restart over. Yeah, I feel like in some ways it's more forgiving than, say, an acrylic painting or an oil oh, painting. Especially oil, because it takes so long to dry. So if you mess up, it's like, what are you going to do? Scrub it off with paint thinner? It's going to make the whole thing look kind of messy. Yeah. You know, in acrylic, you just got to cover it up. Um, but in caustic, you can paint over it. You can just scrape it off. You know, within seconds, you can melt it into something else. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. You, you would tell me that. You would like it. We should do it. I could uh, hook you up with a day. Um, I still have my stuff, I think, too. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. It smells really good. Yeah. Working on it. But my, okay, so what my superhero power? Yes, Kendra, yours. I would like the ability to not have to sleep. That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh, you stole my. Really? Yes, not having to sleep. That's a good one. Yeah. Just yeah. work all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds but horrible. like, have the ability to be refreshed. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, not tired. Not, not tired, sleep, yeah. but also not tired. So you can just stay up continuously and not be tired and just keep going. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I need. Oh, my so gosh. Good. And then maybe throw in not being hungry. So then you could just go all day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you guys seen the movie? <laughs> <Not> stop. <laughs> that sounds yeah. amazing. But I do love food. Yeah, like, I still want to be able to eat. You know, like, I don't want to not have to eat. And, like, if I ate, then I would just, like, turn huge. Like, I want to eat, but not be hungry so I could eat when I wanted. Right. You know, if I want to eat one fantastic meal a day, that's great. If I don't have time, then, you know, oh, well. Yeah. And then just stay up forever 
Yeah. Have you guys seen the Tim Burton movie Frankenweenie? No. Yes, I have. <laughs> or at least so if good. I have, I don't recall. I watched it with Oliver. <laughs> Super cute. It's really good. You got to check it out. Um, is it a newer one or is it a really old one? It's like claymation, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty new. Okay. I don't know when it was made. Yeah, I feel like, like I haven't seen old, a Tim Burton in a while. I don't oh, know it's really it, good. Yeah. But there's a part where, spoiler, I guess it's not really a spoiler, but basically the dog starts to fall asleep and so they just clamp some... Uh, like voltage to vo- his little bolts? Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> like charge him up again. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. That's, what all, that's all I need is just to yeah. be charged up. Just like plug me in for a few minutes and then I'm ready to go. Yeah. That's all, yeah. That'd be great. Like with the phone, just a little cord. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Yeah. While I'm painting, just plug me in for a minute and then, yeah. I feel like that's what I see as Netflix's job for me. You know, when I'm like starting to droop around the edges physically, psychologically, I'm just like, all right, I need need a little 20-minute break of something to take my mind off of everything and just kind of chillax and like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what Netflix does for me. (laughs) It's my power, my power bolts. Good on Netflix. Before you go, do you want to tell everybody, our like six listeners, what's going on right now for you? Sure, yeah. So I currently have an exhibition up at Shehalem Cultural Center in Newburgh, Oregon, which uh, is not that far away from Portland. Uh, for me, in Oregon City, it is 30 minutes uh, south. Uh, if you're driving to the beach, it can kind of be on the way to the beach, depending on where in the beach you're going to. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're heading out that way, it's a good time to check it out. They also have various other festivals and events, so you could overlap it with that. If with you the wanted. vineyards? Yes, the vineyards. It's a very, very cool, fun town. You can do some wine tasting, check out my show. Um, they do first Friday receptions at Shehalem, so you could always attend the first Friday in August. They'll have their food and wine because it's Newburgh free wine and all kinds of good snacks at their first Friday. And they actually have wine left because it's not Portland um, and a server. So you can actually get one, you know, like they have enough bottles for everybody. Wait, anyway. you go to an opening and you leave with a bottle of wine? Well, no, no. I mean, oh. you can like last one. I, I, yeah. Let's just say I, I could have at least two or three drinks if I wanted to. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Props to them for having plenty of really high-quality wine, being in wine country. So first Fridays at Shehalem, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. The show is up till the end of August, me and Amanda Triplett. So her work, and I'll, I'll talk about her work just briefly. So her work is like a textile version of my work. So it's like a dimensional, installation-y type work, all made with recycled textiles and fabrics. In her work, she has a strong belief that if she is going to make new things, she wants to do that with recycled objects. So she's not bringing more into the world. She's just repurposing what is already here. It's a very important um, environmental part of her work that she doesn't want to just create more stuff. She wants to create new things with things that are already existing. She's vegan and she wants her work to represent those values as well. And I found her. So this is an interesting story. Do we have time for a quick little story? All right, I'll keep it short. So I found her. She was doing a show at uh, Multnomah Art Center, which has a beautiful gallery. If you guys have never been there over in, what is that, southwest Portland, mm-hmm. anyway, in the Multnomah District, Multnomah Art Center Gallery. Uh, and I saw her work and I was like, you know, that really, it speaks to me. I, I feel like our work is saying some of the same things from our each, you know, unique life experience. But we're, we're saying the same things with our visual art pieces. We're having the same conversation. So I looked up her info, emailed her, and I was like, 
let's do a show together. Like, I don't know you at all. You don't know me, but let's be art friends. And she was like, all right. And so we, <laughs> we wrote up a show description, you know, of how our work goes together and what we're talking about with our work um, and applied for all these different shows together with our proposed exhibit because um, my idea was it would be a lot easier for me to get a two-person show than it would for me to find and get a solo show because mm-hmm. people trust two people more than they trust one person, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a responsibility. Anyway, so I think it only took us about five or six proposals. I think Shahalem was our fifth proposal, and they accepted it, and our show was born. So I didn't even know her before the show. That's how we met and how we came to make art together, and that was about a two-year process of writing the proposal, finding the exhibitions, getting accepted for the show, making the work, talking to each other over the last year and having meetings and having little like collaborative visits because we did a somewhat collaborative piece over the mezzanine at the Shehalem Cultural Center. They had this big 30-foot-long mezzanine that you, as you walk in, it's up high. You have to look up, and it's about six feet deep and 30 feet long, and it has three large figure paintings that I made Um, with these kind of fleshy colored pink backgrounds and then these black silhouette um, kind of dancing figures in Mm. them surrounded by her textile uh, cell structure, organic Mm. fiber pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really amazing putting the show together, pairing my really fleshy and caustic pieces, a lot of body and, and, and depth to that with her fleshy, bloody textile pieces. There's one piece, uh, when we were setting up at Shehalem, there was a wedding going on of a family. <laughs> and the kids were there, and they were looking, these little girls, and they were looking at the piece. And I kept describing it. It, it is both romantic and gory at the same time, if you can imagine, because it's red and it's bloody, and it has that kind of red blood drip to it. But it was made. It's also made with lacing and tulle, and it has this kind of Valentine's Day love and romanticness, you know, mm-hmm. that you get with red lace. That's what I think of red lace, and so it, it's kind of gory and romantic at the same time, mm-hmm. which I think is a really interesting combination. So you should go check out the show. It, it is very pink. It's very red. It's very organic. It's very different. It's it's a different kind of art experience to think about how we see our bodies and the organic form and the organic world and our relationship with our consciousness within this changing physical form of organic blood and hair and skin and life and even just the earth and the trees around us mm-hmm. um, and things like hot wax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been our game. Yeah. <laughs> we have to come up with a really good, uh, have an art-filled day. That's what you wrote down here. <laughs> Buy more art. Buy more art. There you go. Okay. Support artists. <laughs> artists supporting artists. Yeah, there we go. <laughs>